You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, this is uh, Fundamentals of the Talmud. Yesterday, we started a new area of investigation. And again, I, 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 I always say we're not really trying to um, do a thorough examination of any topic. What we're trying to do is get a sense of how Gemara works and the, the mentality. However, I, I thought this topic was, was quite relevant. Uh, and in order to just set the table again today, let's take a look at the Mishnayas that we looked at yesterday. The, this, what you see in front of you on the screen is the Mishnayas Masechtas Tainus. Um, and of course, it's called Masechtas Tainus. Tainios, Masechtas Tainis or Tainiot. Um, I once heard a, a good shot, by the way, as to why the Masechtas is called Tainis when it's all about a series of fasts. It's really the Masechta of Tainiot. That's what it should be. The Masechta that tells you about how different fast days were instituted. Now, of course, we all know about the Taina, the great fast days uh, uh, that are about the Chorban Beis Hamikdash. But if you learn the Mishnayas and Tainas, you see that what it's really building up to is the Tainas that would be part of their everyday life when difficulties occurred in terms of their agricultural life, in terms of the lack of rain. And as we saw yesterday, uh, the, the Tainios occur, uh, and the good shot that I heard once was that Chazal, by saying the word Tainus, were saying there should only be really be one the whole year. There should be only one fast in Kippur. But there should be no other fasts. So that's why they didn't want to write tiny oat. They sort of wanted a rem as to the fact that that hopefully none of this stuff should ever happen. And whatever tiny oats we have should be eliminated. So I'm still, <laughs> it's a good shot, right? But what we really want, but still, you got to study it. We, rather, we wish there weren't these situations that occurred. But they do happen, and they are part of life. And here is the legislation and the direction of what to do when they do happen. So the parak, uh, as, as, as we saw, and I just want to read you a little bit of, of, of what happens. And again, this is sort of a, a survey, but I think it's a good uh, intro to the, the Talmud page that we're going to be doing. So as we saw yesterday, when things get desperate, um, Everybody fasts. Before that desperation, there's an idea, and we'll see this in the first parak of Tainus, and you can see I'm going to... The Yechidim start to fast. Um, and, 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 and the Yechidim, as we know, are the Talmud Um And that was the first level. The Talmud HaChachamim is sort of like... Uh, they've got the sensitive antenna to what's occurring, and their actions are going to be the actions that can maybe stave off something worse. And as we saw yesterday, it starts with what we call an easy fast. It, you can eat while it's still dark. In other words, you, the fast only starts in the morning. You can eat during the night. Even the Tamir HaKalman were going to be fasting and sort of be the front line, uh, the first responders, really. Uh, literally, the first people responding to what might be a problem. And even during the fast itself, mutarim b'melocha b'rechitza b'sicha, 
It's going to get worse. It's going to get more Chomer. But originally, it's sort of like a light fast. And then as we saw, without when rain is, uh, when the rain uh, still hasn't uh, occurred, again, we're talking about a contagion, but just to get the background, as we saw yesterday, and this is a review of what we did yesterday, Bezdin goes and shows tiny otalat seaboard. So um, that's now uh, three, meaning a Monday, Thursday, Monday. And even when Bezdin uh, makes everyone fast, they just replicate what um, they just replicate what uh, the Tamilich Chachamim are doing in the easy fast. But then, if the rain still hasn't um, still hasn't um, uh, uh, hasn't come down, so then this is what we saw uh, uh, and, and we talked about more yesterday as well. Bezdin goes and shows Tanya Salat Zibor, and these these fasts, which is now if you're holding a, a score sheet, would be the seventh fast. In other words, the first three are then the next three are everyone. So this would be the seventh, uh, eighth, and ninth fast. Those are much more chomer, meaning you stop eating by the evening, just like on Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. And as we saw, there is a, a, a call to cease unnecessary work during those days. People shouldn't go out to work those days. Obviously, uh, if it's a Dover Ovid, a Sakona, whatever, uh, like we said yesterday, the, the main line, the people who are keeping the, the, the country going, they have to be working. But everyone else should not be working those days and not engaged in any of these activities, which we know are connected to Yom Kippur and connected to Tainuk. To explain that yesterday, the, uh, the, the euph- why that term is the term, the euphemistic term for sexual relations, Tashra Shabita. And we also talked about this yesterday, Novim Ezamar Chatzot, the idea that a bathhouse is a very good place to go, a very decent place to go, a hygienic place to go, an important place to go, a big business for the people who own them. However, uh, it, the, the bathhouse can be replicated in your house. It's not as warm, it's not as comfortable, but we don't want that idea of just sitting in the Schwitz and enjoying yourself. We don't want that happening during these fast days. At those fast days, and this would be already 369, that would be the next one, 10, 11, then, then we have actually seven, which would be altogether 13, because basically for the Tzibor, they had three, and then another three, and then seven, which is a Monday, a Thursday, Monday, <laughs> uh, Monday, Thursday, Monday, uh, Thursday, Monday. That would be seven. And in those ones, we see that w- it's even worse for the pe- people have to act even more subdued. Let me get that back. I, what's that? That there's something called trua, Masrian. We saw Masrian means, uh, it's a machlokas exactly, but it comes from the word trua, and it means the shofar was blown as part of a special tefillah that was going to be occurring. Uh, the shofar blowing. The shofar blowing 
And it's not just the, the tekiah, more the trua, the broken sound, the sound of pain, the sound of difficulty, the emotional uh, chords that needed to be uh, uh, checked in uh, by the chauffeur and the davening that goes along with it. And stores are closed. Stores are closed. You can't buy what you need. Unless, however, they do have, just like uh, in today's time, you can see, they understood people need to get stuff. So on Mondays, we explained what this means yesterday, that they would have some opening. The word mita, mata, meaning it would be lean. There would be like the door open a little bit. Matim, sort of like the door, it's open a crack. Like it's leaning. It's almost like the sense of not totally open, but it's note you can like sneak in and get something in the store right before dark. And on Thursdays, the stores were completely open despite what was going on because Shabbos was on its way. So that, that, that shows you a certain attitude about a desperation and, and how we need to appeal to God. Um, but it's not a full picture yet. So let, let, let's move just a little bit and see. Rabbi, can I interrupt? Sure. Um, this is especially true in Eretz Yisrael with rain. I remember going to the base medrash of Rabbi Abram Yitzchak HaKoyim Cook when I was in Israel on a trip. And on the, uh, on the bima, uh, not the bima, but where the, where the Chazan Davids, there's, there's a, um, a, a, a car, a big, a big card with uh, what you say on a, on a fast day if there's no rain. Right. You, you, you're 100% right, Hannah. Part of the reason we here in America are unfamiliar is because we don't realize uh, how crucial rain is. And you're 100% correct. There is, although it's not exactly done the way it, the Mishnah spells it out today, it still is something that is quite relevant. Um, but, but I guess what I'm trying to zero in on is not necessarily the exact reason, but the reaction. Chazal understood this is the proper mode of entreating God, which is we um, deny ourselves. Obviously, that helps us do tshuva. And we also have a certain, uh, uh, a, a, a deadening, a weakening, if not deadening, of what is our normal life in society. Because, and, and we not only um, deny ourselves certain luxuries, but even certain essentials go on the wayside on the days that are meant to 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 daven for to the Rabboni Shalom. Um, there's another uh, statement here which I didn't read yesterday. Let's say after all those seven fasts, the rain still hasn't come. So now mimatin b'masa b'mata. Business deals, people who are in business, not just the stores, the people, the farmers who are arranging for their crops to be sold, people who are taking trips in order to make money. Parnosa, which is a great thing. We always applaud the economy to work, but we tone it down. Obviously, in other words, you're going to work less. You're going to make less deals. You're going to be less trading, less bartering, less building. Binyan uh, 
and also less engagements, not engagements, less marriages. And we, we learned about this, of course, with Rav Karel. It's what Shiva Sholem is exactly. It isn't just saying hello. It's, it's more of a Hey, like getting the report. <laughs> and so, right, right. But, so a general hello is different than this in, intense uh, investigation. So yeah, I, I would say we, we, we're we sensitive to it, so we call it an intense investigation today. In the old days, that was it. It was like, hey, what's going on? Are you, normal. That was normal to spend a couple minutes hearing about, you know, it wasn't like the person was nodding and trying to get to the next place. But Sheva Sholem was like a, it was, it, 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 it was like a, a, it was like telling her, I'm okay, how are you, finding out what's going on, asking all the questions about the grandchildren, the parents, this, that, it was, it was a whole deal. We don't, they didn't do that. Um, the that. Because the point is, not that we don't like you. God doesn't like us. Adam hanizufim There's an idea that when difficulties like this happen, God is in charge of the world. God is mad at us. We seem to be on, in God's doghouse. We seem to be nozuf. It's like God is, is not embracing us. He's not embracing us, so we have to act that way and realize uh, if the physical world is not responding, if we're not getting what we need, if, 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 if there's this sense of a possible suffering of the crops, an economic collapse. We know God is in control and we're dominating. We're not getting the answers that we would like. Something's going on and we need to act that way towards each other as well. It's like we're all Nozif. And the Talmud HaChomim, however, they stay fasting. In other words, they're the tzaddikim who say, look, the rest of you, change your life. It's not normal. There is a new normal that's going to last. Now, that parak that we just gave a summary of is when the lack of rain occurs. Um, the next parak in Tainus here, as you can see, is what the exact details of how the fast day and the davening occurred. I just want to uh, show you a little bit of that. When these fast days were occurring, what was going on? So first of all, this is sort of what's happening in, in Coronaville. Motsiyanasateva Rachovishoir. They davened outside. In other words, they would go anyway, the buildings were not as, as, as contained as our buildings are. But the point was they would take the Aron and the spot where people would daven, uh it would go into this big uh you know, town square or town rectangle. Uh, and in order to indicate that this is unusual, they would put a permikla al gabeateva. They would put um, ashes on the aron, not on the Torah itself, but on the on the hat of the Torah. The Torah is inside of a box. On top of that box are the ashes, because this is not the way it should be. The Torah should be in the in, in the shul. It's out here because the Torah itself is mourning. We're all, in a sense, in a, in a, in a, in a state of mourning. And and they put ashes 
on top of, of the leader of the Jewish people, the head of the Sanhedrin, Roshav Bezdin. These were the these were the main people in Klal Yisrael. So let's say in Yerushalayim they were having a fast day, the two heads of the Sanhedrin would appear in in, 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 in the big square somewhere in Yerushalayim, or wherever the Bezdin was located at that time, because it didn't move around. And it was obvious that they'd be wearing ashes on their heads. Um, in fact, everybody, it says, Everybody got to guess a little bit of, of ashes if they could. Uh, it's like Shirai. Yeah, he's a, a chassan does that, right? Right. That was the minig of a chassan to sort of like, Shiva, you're right, to sort of like stave off too much simcha. But here it was, but, but you're right, it's, it's, it's a symbolic it's it's a symbol that you're it's like you are a you you the fire is all around you like the ashes are on your head because you are in the oven it's like it's like the furnace is burning all around you you're like a like like a, a fireman is in a in a, in a in a place that's a hovel that has been destroyed by fire there's going to be ashes all over you that's the way you should feel it's like there's ashes here because there's you might not see it but there's actually a, a, a conflagration all around you that things are burning, and that's why you have the ashes on your head. Um, the, the, then there was important, besides those symbolism, what was important to happen during those days was, again, there's a lot of symbolism right there, but there's also the effectiveness of communication. And that was the Zokin Shebehem. He wasn't necessarily the one with the best position but he was the one with the most life experience. It doesn't say that the Nasi needs to speak. Whoever was the Zokin, and maybe that meant age, maybe that meant life experience, the one who had the, who could make the best impression, he would say, Divrei Kivushim. Now, again, this is fundamental, so let's talk translation here. Kivushim is like the word, we know, Kavush, which is Redu Kuvshubo is what was told to Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon was told to, to, to conquer the world, to spread out, and kovesh, um, to actually not oppress, but it does come from the word of applying pressure, not like what happened in Minneapolis, but you know what I'm saying. Kivushim, meaning the type of uh, control over lands, Wild country, Automation was told to be to, to, to civilize it. To that's what to be Kovesh, to be to conquer, as we say, but it also the word means to actually control, to actually take something and, 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 and work on it. And it, it gets changed through compression. That's the type of words that need to be said. Divrei Kivushim. It can't be a long winded speech. Uh, it has to be something that's effective. It's got to be perfect to be able to actually take the person's heart and, 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 and capture, compress, to be able to uh, and act upon it. And here's an example. This doesn't mean they have to say this. Uh, this is sort of like uh, the rabbi's sermon book. But here's an example of a good speech. My brothers, he says. That's the first thing. I might be old. I might be the oldest. I might be the head of the Sanhedrin. But right now, it's the great equalizer. We're all brothers in this pain. 
Let's think about what happened with Ninveh, the non-Jewish city, this giant city that that was spared. It looked like what was hovering over it was certain destruction. But God changed his mind, however that works. God said, this is what's in store for you. They were able to stave it off. What does it say by Ninveh? It says, it doesn't say, It doesn't say that they saw that they had been fasting and that they weren't wearing their fancy clothing. They were wearing these goat hair clothing, the sock. It says, God saw that they had changed. True, they definitely engaged in fasts, probably, but that's not what God reacts to. So while everybody is fasting and not working and, and gathered and listening, the Nasi counterintuitively says, look, what we're doing here is great, but what really needs to happen is you need to change. You need to be different. Your actions need to be different. You're right, Hannah. We do say that. And this is where we get it from. But this is like a, a Yom Kippur. Again, when, when you have a, a national emergency or an emergency, this is what this is, the tefillos change in that way. And, and and you see the effect. Like he says, Kishobu midar kamaro, tshuva. And then again, he quotes one other Basik, right? What does it say? V'koru levavchem. What I want ripped is your hearts. Your clothing, it's easy to rip. It's easy to do externals. This is the hard part. Do Korea in your heart. Um, and, and that is the type of speech that you need to say. Don't pat yourself on the back about how much you're doing. Realize all this external thing is to get to the internal change. That's the type of speech Chazal are saying needs to be said. Um, we also have a, uh, a, a specificity, which is similar to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, about who we want leading the prayers during these desperate times. And as you can see, uh, the Mishnah says, it should be someone older. There are a lot of young people with good voices, but you should try to get someone who is, 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 is advanced, has experience. Yeshlo Bonim, he's a person who knows what it's like to raise kids. Ubeso Reikon, Chazal have a discussion what that means. Doesn't Could mean that he's, he's poor, but also could mean that there's no skeletons in his closet. But the point is, Kadeshi Libo Sholem Betvila. And we're not going to get into all the uh, the details, but there obviously the Shemona Esrei changed too. They were actually um, in the blowing of the shofar, just like we do on Rosh Hashanah. They blew the shofar in davening, and they added special tefillos. And here's a description. I want to get back to the Gemara soon. So here's a description of the type of adding they would add in davening. Um, uh, the type of tehillim they would say, um, and, uh, and and these were ways to appeal. Now, um,
Now, the uh, when we talk about our case, which is not a case of rain, our case is here. So let's let's take a look here again at Mishnah Gimel and Mishnah Dalit. Um, the basically what we're saying is that there are certain situations where we don't wait for thirteen fasts. Right away, we go in with the heavily heavy artillery, and part of that is not that there's just not enough rain, like you were saying before, Anna. We can see in the crops that there's that that the crops are going to spoil. We can see that there's not there's no rain in the in the reservoir. Masri and Alei and Miyad. That means heavy artillery. Everything we just said. Seven fasts, trua. The whole nine yards, the Oron in the in the street, everything. The 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 Talmud Chacham talking, the Zokain. When else do we take out the heavy artillery? So here's where uh, our, our cases come up. Let's say there's um, one city that there's no rain, no rain at all has fallen. All the other cities have rain, and this one doesn't. So, that city that's not getting rain, the Mishnah says, that city goes into heavy artillery mode right away. The complete fasting, bring the Oran out, doing the Trua. The other cities that are around it, and again, we talked about this yesterday, the word Saviv, meaning like a, a, around, the cities that are around it, mitanot, they join the fasting. They had rain, but they fast as well. But they don't do the whole trua. People are fasting. Maybe, I'm not sure if stores are closed, but they don't do the trua. They don't do this intense tefillah, long, intense tefillah uh, with, the, with the chauffeur. Rabbi Kiva says the opposite. They should. Matrios. Now, that machlokas is interesting. Uh, I noticed when I did a little research on this uh, at a previous time that it's interesting that this has to do with knowing something bad is happening somewhere else. It hasn't reached you yet, but you're not far from it. We're not talking about hundreds of miles away. What's ever happening in that city might spread to yours. Or whatever is wrong with that city, who says yours is going to be spared? Right now, you're okay. So the surrounding cities, whether it's a show of solidarity or fear, they don't actually replicate what's there. But according to Rabbi Kiva, they definitely do the intense davening. So I saw one of the Mepharshim say, it's almost like, what do we do? Do we do a Rosh Hashanah or we do a Yom Kippur? (laughs) In other words, the first, the Tanakhama's opinion is, it's almost like a Yom Kippur for everybody who's in the area. Whereas Rikiva says it's more like a Rosh Hashanah. We're going to do the Trua. Now we get, once again, to a situation comparable to what's happening now. Ir Shiyesh Bod Dever. We talked about Dever yesterday. Uh, you can listen to it's going to be The podcast will be up on, online soon. You'll be able to hear all the details. We talked about Dever and things like that. But obviously, Dever was a disease uh, that was affecting people, and we, and as we're going to see again, uh, what extent of the Dever we're talking about. 
So you have this dever. You have people dying. You have people dying out of a disease, and they weren't dying out of old age. They were dying from a disease that had affected them. Relatively healthy people that were becoming ill and dying. A mapolet, well, we know why they died, because beams and buildings fell on them. So if, if that's happening, then that city goes into crisis mode. Mit'ane umitra'at goes into crisis mode. The other cities, again, the same machloket. So listen to what we're saying here. The Deber, the out in Wuhan, there's the Deber. The cities around it, they need to respond as well. But once again, Rabbi Kiva said, the Tanakhama says, it should be like a little Yom Kippur for them. Rabbi Kiva says it should be like a Rosh Hashanah for them, Matrios Lomasanos. We talked about this number yesterday. We'll repeat it. Dever, what does it mean when a Dever occurs? So we saw what it meant. I'll repeat just quickly since we have new people because I don't think you guys were here yesterday. Ira Motsiya Chamesh Meot a city that Coming out of its innards, meaning from this, from the from the homes, five hundred people uh, leave the home. Five hundred people leave the house. <laughs> There's five hundred workers, so this, that's the way the Rambam explains this. Five hundred people that are part of the workforce. There's maybe women and children as well, but five hundred would say men who are working. Let's assume the city is a, might be a little bigger than that. But if the number is 500, and three dead bodies are taken out of the city, in three days, in three days, one after the other. So as we did the math yesterday, that works out, if you do the math, and if you're a little bit of a math guy, that's about 0.6%. It's not 1%. 1% would be city of 500 you would have five uh you would have five deaths uh, five a day would be one percent of the people are dying here it's a city of 500 and over a period of three days three people died so that's not right so every day one person died that's called dever that's called god unleashing like a plague i guess on on the city that if three people out of 500 die one day after the other. Um, before we see the Gemara, I just want to, uh, since we are looking at the Mishnayas page now, um, there are certain situations where we, we, we declare this type of state of emergency everywhere on these situations. Shidofon, Yerokon. These are crop, this is where we see the crops are, are dying. The crops are becoming green and not, uh, I guess the crops reach maturity and then get blight. Yurokon is they never really reach maturity. They're just green. Arbe, of course, means locusts. Chasil is another type of locust. Unfortunately, there's Charovim out in the streets now. But the, right, 
Chayera would be their wild animals. Chayas out there too. <laughs> yes, right. You have to be careful. There are wild animals out there. Right. So, so then, Masri and we don't wait. If there are wild animals, if there are people, if there's if there's troops that are coming, Cossacks, we, we go into crisis mode right away. Because it's a Maka Mahalechas. So I, I, I want to emphasize that term. Chazal didn't necessarily teach us that they knew the way disease spreads. And it was uh, up until about 120 years ago, there was a lot of, and even then, there was a lot of misconception of how diseases spread. How, um, it's only here that we know it's spreading because it's walking. <laughs> In other words, it's wild animals. It's locusts. We can see the spread. So uh, I'm going to suggest that that Maka in the time of Chazal might be different than it is today. They saw Dever, and maybe they were correct, as, as, a, as, a, as a plague with the hand of God being punishing this place. But then they, then they reflected that there are certain things which are a, a obviously natural danger that is spreading. The idea of a contagion, it, it's not clear that that's, that that's the issue by Dever. I'll show you in a minute why I, I'm saying that. Um, uh, and again, I'll show you in the Gemara why I'm saying that. But they did have the idea of something that's going to, if we don't contain it with our actions, with appealing to God, it's spreading. And that was, again, um, the, the, uh, the, 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 the locusts, the wild animals, and the human beings. Um, one last thing that, um, well, two more things. Uh, there was a Again, it sounds like the Zikanim were returning to Yerushalayim. And they noticed something. The Gozrutinus, they were Gozrutinus, Al Shanira Kimlo Tanur Shidophon Ba'ashkalon. They saw Shidophon when they were outside of Yerushalayim, in the city of Ashkelon, which was sort of on the border of Israel. But they noticed Shidophon there. They noticed that what was going on there was this blight. And the blight, they understood, was a danger for the whole economy. And they were Gozeratinus. Va'od Gozeratinus Lamachar. They also decreed a Tinus to happen the very next day. Because what occurred? This was all out of, Yerushal, out of Israel. But Shnei Ze'evim, Shnei Tinokos a terrible event occurred. Wolves attacked a family and ate two children. That was enough to make a tinus with all the bells and whistles. It wasn't just, it's a terrible thing, let's collect money for the, for the family. When a, a, an event occurred that they felt was out of the ordinary, 
and it was connected to these animals, already there was a tainus. In fact, Rabbi Yossi says, Lo alsha ochlu, el alsha niru. It didn't even, there were wolves around children. And wolves, of course, generally stay away from people. They've got their own places to hunt. But if the wolves showed up around human encampments, and, and, and to the point that there was even the threat that they would attack people, that was considered already a sign that we should fast. The issue came up, do we do this on Shabbos as well? And this was a discussion. Maybe when do we bring everything out and go bring the chauffeur out? That's when that's when we can see it isn't just there's a bunch of wild Cossacks in the countryside. <laughs> They're here. They've actually laid siege to the town already. The river is rising in New Orleans. The, the, the levees are about to break. Or this is an incredible thing that you have uh, a Svina. Now, you're, you're in the city, but you happen to know that there is a, there's a ship out there, and the ship is being threatened by miterepes, like the word taraf, which is to be torn, like a trefa, is an animal that, it's, that, that is torn on the inside. So miterepes means it's, it's the... the, the, the the, the power of the waves are so strong that it, it's going to destroy the boat. So, Rabiosi Omer, so again, let, let me explain it better. So, what's happening here is that this boat is going to collapse. So, what's on the boat? People, money, goods and things that they've been bringing back. If you're if you are connected to that boat, it might be the Parnosa of the town. So then even on Shabbos, you fast and you do the davening. Rabiosi disagreed. He said, No. It's not about the davening, it's about getting people to help. Azara, Ezra. In other words, we call a big meeting. It's Shabbos. It's unusual. It's not the usual Shabbos when we're thinking about God and just having the tainug of, 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 of the world to come. There's a danger now. But we're not going to take the chauffeur out and, and extend davening. We're going to actually bring everybody and say, who can help? Who's got an idea here? Who's got a basement that we can all hide in? Who's got some guns? Who's got something that we can help? Who's strong enough to go out there and, and, and with little boats and maybe save this big boat? That, that's what we're about. Rabiosi says, yes, it's not a regular Shabbos when such a thing happens. But lolizaka. The prayers don't, the, the davening is more of a, a shtiller Shabbos, as we say in Yiddish. More of a calm. We don't scream out to God like we did on a regular day. It's Shabbos still. Chachamim say even on Shabbos. This statement here I thought was was a little bit uh, difficult to understand. 
When there's Deber, Shabbos becomes a non-Shabbos. Shabbos is, we're supposed to fast and supposed to daven, supposed to maybe take the shofar out. Deber is also a time for that. And interesting, the Chachamim say no. We don't agree. Somehow, despite the fact that two days ago on Thursday, we were out in the streets and we and, and we were appealing to God, recognizing there, but Shabbos is not that way. So that is uh, the Mishnah's outlook about what we do as a people responding to imminent danger or danger that's already among us. Let's take a look at the uh, let's take a look at the Gemara. The Gemara said, as, as we saw yesterday, Biyom Echad We talked about three deaths in three days. But if it's three deaths in one day, or it's spread over four days, Ain Zedever. Incredible statement the Brysa made. We saw this yesterday. Ain Zedever. What is it? So Rashi says, Akroi Ba'alma, we mentioned yesterday, Rabbeinu Gershom says the same thing. It's Akroi, from the word carry. It's a happening. It's a circumstance. It isn't the hand of God sending us a message. Three people died in one day. We don't know why. We're not sure they weren't ill. Okay, one day after the other, that's already Dever. We saw yesterday that this was an issue of debate in the city of Drokart, or, or Drokart, where what happened was three people died in one day, and Nachman Barchista felt that was worth making a fast. Nachman Bar Yitzchok said, hmm, that's not like the Mishnah, it's not like the Brisa. I guess you are basing yourself on the opinion of Rav Meir that says, Rechak Nigichosov Chayev, Kirab Nigichosov Lokoshke. We mentioned yesterday that this was an incredible uh, type of comparison. Rav Meir was talking about when do we consider an ox a danger, a goring ox that we are worried uh, is going to um, be a, uh, a, a, a uh, an ox that normally a docile animal. When do we say the owner needs to consider his ox a dangerous animal and was uh, with a predilection to gore and kill? So Zamachlokas Yehuda, Rav Yehuda and Rav Meir. Rav Yehuda says, you, the Pasuk says how that happens. Mitmol Shilshom. Mitmol Shilshom means that he gores three days in a row. One, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He has now been established that this is not your docile ox. This is angry ox, and you, you don't have to kill him yet. He hasn't killed a person. But you need, you will pay full price for any sort of aggressive behavior this ox does. Normal oxen, we say, 
for them to gore another animal with their horns is unusual. And because of that, the Torah gives a 50% dispensation. You only have to pay half of the damage. But once the ox is established, then this is as natural as walking and eating. Yehuda says that's only established in an ox if it occurs one day at each day. Each day builds up the idea. But if it happens in one day, if the ox got up on the wrong side of the bed and decided to gore three oxen in one day, then that's just a bad day for the ox. Rav Meir said, <laughs> the Torah tells you even in three days, but if it happens in one day, you definitely know what you have here is a wild ox terror that you need to control. So now the great Rav Nachman said, aha, what you just said about God unleashing death, that if it's three in one day, is similar to Rav Meir. That must be like Rav Meir. That the same way Rav Meir says that's the nature of the ox, we as you, when, when God kills three people out in one day, that's definitely a dever. But that's not necessarily the halacha. That's what Nachman uh, Bar Yitzchok said to the other Nachman, the great son of Rav Chista. So, it sounds to me that it was somewhat tongue-in-cheek. But let's do a little bit of Gemara today, uh, just uh, because I did a lot of Mishnayis, and this is supposed to be fundamentals of the Talmud, not fundamentals of the Mishnah. So let's take a look. Amarle, let's take a look. Aleph Lamed, of course, is, this is new stuff, Amarle, Rav Nachman bar Rav Chista or Rav Nachman bar Yitzchok. Now it seems like it was on the heels of this criticism. On the heels of this criticism about uh, whether they were going to declare a state of emergency because the three people that had died, what did what was Chista's Nachman bar Chista's response to him? He said, "Leikum mar." Leite ligaban. Okay. So that's four words was the message. Kum, again, I always tell you, you could figure this out. You don't have to say, oh, I just got a, a, a dose of Aramaic and I'm reeling from it. You could figure it out. Leikum means to get up. Lekum. Mar, of course, is, a, is, a, is the way you show respect to the person you're talking to. So Nachman bar Yitzchuk is mar. Nachman Barchis is calling him Mar. Get up. Maybe you would want to get up. Lese is Aramaic, like icy or ossi, to come. Gabon is to us. You know, I'd love to have you around. Come to Drokart. Come and be with us. You are smart about this. Maybe I made the wrong call about declaring a fast day. But I'd like to have people like you around. Come and stay with us. Let's see what he answered. He said, Amar Lei, that would be Nachman Bar Yitzchok, said back to him, let me answer you with a brighter. Tanina. We have been taught a brighter. Rabbi Yossi Omer, the great Rabbi Yossi said, 
the student of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yossi Bar Tachlafta, lo mikomo shel adam mechabdo. It's not the place that you're at that gives you honor. It's not the place where you're going to live, the neighborhood that you live in. You give cover to the place. Adam machabed et makomo. It's the person. You're telling me that your place is different. Jerel Karat is different. There's many chachamim there. There's many facilities there. Um, It's not about what that place will do. A person needs to see himself as an active agent. How do we see that? At Harsinai. When the Shechina was there on Harsinai, the Torah said, no animals, nothing can come there. Kamatzon vabakar al yiru el morahorahu. Right? No animals could come by there. They can't graze there. They can't be close to it. But it's got to be horahu. When it was that mountain that had God's presence there. Nistal keshchina mimenu. Matantor is over. 40 days, Moshe's up there, but now they've moved on. Umra Torah, Torah says, you don't have the intense present of Shechina. Bimshoch hayovel. Now that the shofar is blown, bahar. They could go to the mountain. So, a, a couple of days ago, this was the holiest place in the world. But now, the shkin is gone. Yeah, you can go graze there, put your cow there, go eat there. So what was he trying to say? He was trying to say, look, there's nothing special. I know you've built up your city. You've built your spot. You want me to come there? Well, you know what? You see from the Torah, it's about what you do in the place, what God did in that place makes it special. And that's the way it was in the Mishkan. He says that, and we'll just finish off with this, uh, that's the way it was in the desert. As long as these poles were extended out, as long as the strips of leather and skin were on top, and, and God wanted this spot in the desert to be the spot of holiness. Let's say somebody became Tomei. Umr Torah says, get rid of everyone who's Tomei. So this area that's where we've set up this Mishkan has become a place that's so important that we have to send away Anyone who's Tomei and he has to leave, and there's a certain amount of, of, of space they have to be from this spot. But now, when the show, when the when the chatzotos would blow, Hashem wanted them to move to a different spot. That spot was nothing. Who glalu aparoches? 
<laughs> all of a sudden, they wrap up. They say, okay, we're moving it, boys. Get this place moving. They wrap up Hugalu from the Russian of Galila. The parochus now gets wrapped up. All of a sudden, that same spot, every Zav Hutru, from the word Mutar, they'd be allowed. Zavin, Umitzorin, Likones, Lisham. Everybody could come there. So that was a long-winded answer that Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak gave. He said, place, don't tell me about Borough Park, Williamsburg, uh, whatever. Look, where I live, there are Jews. I can have a minion. Okay, it's, it's, you don't, it's what you do in a place. And that's what we see from Harsinai, and that's what we see from the Mishkan. Um, I, I'm going to suggest something here. And we'll end with this. I said I'm ending. What did this have to do with their discussion that they had before? The discussion they had before was, should we should we be Gozer or Tainus or not? That was the question. Do we have an outbreak? Do we have God's hand against this city? And Nachman Bar Ravchista Sirchista's son. He said, We have an outbreak. I'm I'm calling for a fast. The other Nachman said, No. That's like Rev Mayor. I we passed He seemed to disagree with that action. I think the disagreement was replicated here. Again, this is my invention. Total invention by Kivilevich. I have no source for this whatsoever. But it, it, it's strange to me that on the heels of a, a very difficult, terrible situation of people dying, and should we fast, should we, should we go into crisis mode or not, we have this discussion about, oh, should you want to come live here? Should I live you? So I think that the, the two discussions are parallel. I have no right, my right to say it is, why do they put the story in in the middle of this uh, of, of discussing what's considered desperate times? So I think part of it is what's going on here. What is a city? What is a place? Nachman Barachista felt a place has its own identity, and the people are sort of like siphoned into it. They 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 become connected to it, and it actually makes them better. Whereas Nachman Bar, Bar Yitzchok felt a place is really a, a construction that we make. It, 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 it allows us a city, a community. It's really a construct of something that we develop in our mind to help us manage our lives. But really, it's as ethereal. Look, is Harsinai still Harsinai? You could go to Harsinai today and you could bring your cow over there uh, to go graze. You you could go to the spot that God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu in the in, in, in the midbar, and you could you you that still wouldn't mean anything. You you could have your dog urinate there, <laughs> even though you know this is the spot that thousands of years ago the Mishkan was here. Okay, but now every Zav and Mitzayr could go there. What does that tell you about? what places, what cities, what communities mean. The person is what creates it. 
We create it. Yes, it's now a city, but we create that through what we do, through the quality of our neshama, for our, our, our actions that we're going to do there. And therefore, that, that's, that's what gives significance to a place. I think that's what he was trying to say, that when, when God sends this to us, if it happens all in one day, you're treating it as if a city is its own reality. A city is really composed. What makes it a city is the human being's choice to stay there. And therefore, it works differently than you think. It's not, we've had three deaths in one day, call out the guard, call out the, the, the process. We look, it works in a different way, the hand of God. One, one day, one the other day, the third day. The same way God, in a sense, decides to dwell within this world, he gives us our souls to dwell within our body and our decisions to dwell in this place. But it doesn't work like the natural way you're trying to make it work. You're trying to look at it, Nachman by Rav Chista, in a natural way, in a derechateva way. And therefore, if three die in one day, that's, of course, a, a contagion. Whereas Nachman bar Yitzchuk is saying, look, we, you, you have to know what it means to be a human being and to be part of a city and to be part of, right? It, 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 this is all speculation, but at least it makes, it, it, I think it gives a little bit of, a, 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 of, of an understanding to what's really going on here. Okay. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.